Hello, you're listening to Faking Lit, a book club podcast where I sit down with some very good friends and we talk about a book that we have read. Uh, today we're doing the Chronicles of Narnia, um, and away we go. Hit it. <laughs> books, 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 books. Books, 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 books. Chin might be away on a mysterious errand, but he's left us a very long parting gift. <laughs> Who do we have here today? Yes, Mon! Yes, Mon! Coming at you one more time. What was that beautiful music that you opened the show with, Jonathan? Now, that's just a song called Books. I'm very fond of it. Um, Chin likes to leave it around like a little Easter egg. That was incredible! What the... I've never heard music like that before. <laughs> okay, so what have you been up to since last time you were on the podcast? Oh, a bit of this, a bit of that, you know, getting my message out there. Mm. Uh, What's your message? Uh, exactly. Well, uh, I've decided to be a little bit uh, coy with this one. Apparently, I need to, uh, I've been told I need to feel out the room before I start dropping knowledge. So you... Intend to spread your message through the medium of coyness. Absolutely. Uh, this is the best way to do it. Uh, I, I think you'll see what I mean uh, about uh, 15 minutes later. <laughs> if you see what I mean. You see what I mean. Set timers for 15 minutes. Who? Who, who was that? Gideon, folded line. Oh, yeah. Hello, who's that? Hello. Name's Bond. James Bond. James Bond, as in B-O-N-E. No, Bond. All right. Well, the, the famous spy in Secret Agent. The famous spy with changing accent. <laughs> I can see how that could be a useful tool in the field. What brings you here today? James Bond, famous uh, international spy. There's rumours of a, of a white supremacist undercurrent of society taking place in this very room. I've been sent by MI17 to sort it the fuck out. What does MI17... Because MI5 deals with home affairs... MI6 deals with foreign affairs. What is the express purpose of MI17? Galactic. Galactic okay. affairs. So how does that work? MI5, domestic. MI6, foreign. MI7... Would, would, how, how many more do we have to do after MI7 that? MI7 would be the liminal people. People mm. on the threshold. Well, the other M's are all just more administrative branches. So, what? Paperwork? Paper. Stone. That's MI8. Steel. The Masons. MI9. Carrot. <laughs> MI11. Boxes. MI12. Cardboard boxes. MI13. Lead. Why boxes get two separate MIs? We have a lot of boxes. We got a <laughs> Q branch needs needs to put a lot of things in bags, if you know what I mean. But, but not boxes. Oh, that bags is 13. So James, I'm going to ask you this just once. What does the MI stand for? Um... Nearly impossible. <laughs> Merely impossible. Because as highly trained secret agents, you have to go beyond the impossible. So, I can see that works. There's a certain American flair to it. 
uh, like yeah. an apprentice uh, team. <laughs> yes. Sounds um, like quite a challenge. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and who else is here? Who? My name is C.S. Lewis. Oh. <laughs> what is this mechanical device you have? Oh, you, actually, you need to speak I, into the microphone. Actually, I was born in the early 20th century, so I should know what this is. <laughs> My name is C.S. Lewis. I am a dream weaver, a tinner of tales, and other such words that don't exist. I wrote a book, three to be precise. The rest were ghostwritten by my friend Tolkien. They involve two naughty little girls with their naughty little nylon dresses. Sounds and the like lions in it. <laughs> Sounds like a really good story. Yes. I mean, I mean, I, wait a second, man. C.S. Lewis. Why does that name sound familiar? Because uh, it's the name of a sh- uh, ship that became a restaurant. Oh, okay. Well, that satisfied my curiosity. Carry on. Old C.S. here. C.S.S., can I call you? You may call me many things. Dreamweaver, spinner of yarns. Naughty, naughty man. Okay, C.S., um, so you, uh, you touched upon the plot there. Um, sounds like he's touched upon many things. That would be against the Christian god's will. Hmm. Is that the god that you worship? The god I worship is that of the popery. The mysticism of the Italians is the altar in which I serve. God. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. Uh, Jonathan, uh, Shocking. if I may have a sidebar here. Now, you know me. I, I trust you implicitly, Gideon. You know me. I, I, I'm a Rastafarian by, uh, by birth and choice. And as I've said many times before, I'm into the purity. I, I'm into the purity. And this, these two other guests don't strike me as being, wink, wink, pure. Gideon, I want to clear this up. Mm. Just because we've met before does not mean we're friends. Mm, okay. And second, That's a bit hurtful. I thought we had a bit of a rapport, uh, but... Uh, Go on, go no, on. No, I'm saying I'm not. The door is not shut entirely. I'm just saying you can't be asking to sleep on my couch, for example. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, until you no. say you're into the purity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you've just begun this book club podcast by wildly de- derailing the purpose of it to talk about the land in which in the wardrobe, and in fact to start a kind of racial pogrom. Now, 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 see here. I there's that word again, racial pogrom. What? Why does it always keep? Why do, why do people keep throwing this in my face? I don't know what I don't know what that means. Are you talking about racial pogroms? He's talking about racial pogroms. Uh, why do we keep saying racial? Come on, let's call the whole thing off. You say racial pogroms, I say purity. You know, potato, potato, as they say in the old song. The Christ God welcomes all races as long as they're Catholic and don't wear nylon dresses. Hmm. Uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is a book about four kids who are evacuated out of London for the war. Uh, at one point, uh, Lucy, the youngest child, she's exploring the house of the old professor. And uh, she opens a, a wardrobe, and inside the magical kingdom full of snow and fawns and a powerful queen that needs to be overcome by a vengeful lion. The evil white witch. Yeah. That yes. was an analogy for the female vagina. Hmm. Well, I, Not the lion, the wardrobe I'm referring to. Shocking. I'm Although I guess he did. Do you remember when I threw that toaster into the bath? <laughs> that was great. That was shocking. Do you remember that? Remember it from what? 
the movie that, that was made about me. Wait a second. You're a thereby five agent who, an MI17 agent, I'm sorry, who has movies made about them. Yes, I got promoted. And you tell everybody. To movie star. <laughs> to movie star. And you tell everybody what your name is on in the public. Bond. Yeah, I like James. James. He's very upfront. You know exactly what he believes and where he stands. Like you were as if he, it's as if he was standing beneath a lamppost that has grown out of the snowy ground. What was our experiences with this book? Like I, my dad read it to me one day. I hope to read it to my son, Manface Gillum. How old were we when we first encountered this book? Uh, this was the first time I ever read this book, uh, Jonathan, uh, and. I did not like it. And I'll get into those reasons a bit later. But uh, you, I think it's quite um, shocking. Well, yeah, that's your word, your word. Where's the bath? <laughs> oh, uh, no. Careful, careful there. Are you uh, trained in radio, Gideon? You keep um, having trails about what's coming up next. I, 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 look, this is what I talk about when I say feeling out the crowd, you know, uh, before I start dropping knowledge. Very um, important. It's, uh, I've, I've taken a few courses and actually how to get my points across in, in, in the ways that mean I won't be misunderstood or have people appending ideologies onto me that I don't necessarily believe in or subscribe to. Mm. Mm. You don't like being put in a box. I do not like being put in a box. You'd be terribly at MI13. I'd be so bad at MI anything. If you put me in a box, I'd get out straight away. How would you feel? Let's do it. Let's let's can we can we can we try it? Can we see? I'll call in a box. Oh Oh my goodness, he's getting out of walkie talkie. I've not seen a walkie-talkie since uh, Scouts. <laughs> the box will arrive in a minute. All right, cool. Oh, is it going to burst through the roof of that room that we're in? Ah! Here's the box. Okay, shall we, shall we? Put me in this box. Okay. okay. With a flashlight. One, get out. Two. Two. Three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven. Oh, sorry, which one did you want to do it after? You didn't say. On three. Okay, on three. Okay. One, two, three. Away. Oh, uh, 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 okay. Q never told me it would be this hard. <laughs> Ta da! <laughs> He got out of the box! And he shocking. shot me in the leg! Shocking. That really hurt. Uh, that really hurt, man. Got into the box. Jonathan, <laughs> he, he shot me in the leg. Kidding, I'm not your mum. I'm here to talk about the Somebody. lie the witch in the wardrobe. If only we can get that easily out of the EU. <laughs> I'm going to have to tie off the leg <laughs> to stop the bleeding. I'll use one of my dreadlocks. Ugh. Such sacrilege, and now my head is stuck to my leg. Mm. I hope you're happy. While you recover from that wound, why don't you tell me what you feel about the world of Narnia as a as a fantasy universe? I didn't like it. I, again, uh, fuck you. What? <laughs> so yes, you got beef with Gideon. Let's uh, let's sort it out. So you got to tell a man who's been shot in the leg that to fuck off, man. <laughs> I survived the Second World War. I had to use Tolkien as a raft to get across the Thames to stab four Jerry's in the eyes. Well, that whose fault is that? Neville Chamberlain's. <laughs> uh, good point. Good point. Mon, good point. The boy Chamberlain. Neville Chamberlain. <laughs> oh yeah, when did you meet Neville Chamberlain? How old are you? I mean, I feel like I know this is a rude question, but I want to get into the logistics of this. How old is James Bond? Because he seems Pretty to be the arrived in every decade. 
He's like a Lenny London figure. Well, yes, uh, naturally, I was in all the wars, and I grew up in Scotland, an orphan. When you say you've been through the wars, do you the Iraq wars. did you um have you fought in every British war, or do you just been through the wars like you, you scraped your knee? Most British wars. Okay, which yes. ones were you not involved? Ah, uh, the Turkish war. Oh yeah. Uh, what, was, what, was, what was the dispute in the Turkish war? I was I was busy on a mission. <laughs> so sometimes you a have mission, clashes. Sometimes wars come and go, but women, <laughs> they come and go. <laughs> oh. So wait, are you calling women missions now? No. Well, you uh, said you were away on a mission. I was away on the path after the mission. After the mission's finished and we go off and gallivant. <laughs> and then... I just disappeared one day. Because normally what happens on my missions is I go out, do the mission, do the mission, and when I come back, I, I, I don't really come back. I just go off with the woman. <laughs> and then I go away one day until there's a new mission. Is your favourite position the missionary position? <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Highly <laughs> Selassie. Shocking. In Turkey, have you ever slept with a Saracen? I believe, I believe so. I believe I've slept with most people. Yes. Oh. In the, on a global level. I've slept with a Belgian. I've slept with a, a South Belgian. I've slept with an Australian. I've slept with a French. I've slept with an Austrian. And to think you thought asking his age was being too personal. <laughs> Okay. Have you ever but, been to Russia with Vlad? I've slept with a Russian. <laughs> I've slept with... I've slept with a, a German. I'm glad you bring this up. I've slept with a, with a Chinese. You're not doing much work on these missions. <laughs> I've slept with a Scottish woman. That was grim. <laughs> reek I've of chlamydia. I've slept with... Uh, <laughs> A German-Chinese woman. Uh, now, 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 I'm interested in, uh, uh, in this uh, whole list he's provided. Uh, I've slept with uh, which, a Swede. Which one was the best? Mm, the Uzbekistanian. Ooh, Ooh landmark. That, I did not see that coming. I did not see that well, just coming. Just because he's had CS, sex with a woman from Uzbekistan. He has seemed to be somewhat tintillated by the fact. Tintillated. <laughs> That Uzbekistan was landlocked. Well, I've only ever slept with women who belong to strong, strong naval base countries uh, such as um, Poland, uh, Hungary. Oh no, they're landlocked. Um, uh, Moldova. Um. So what? What do we do in this show, Jonathan? Is this (laughs) a podcast where we just list all the different races we've slept with? Uh, Because I'm down with it. I'm absolutely down with this. If this is the new direction of the show, I'm absolutely on board. Okay, let's lean into the laddishness. I'm glad you bring this up. Because I've been wanting to ask this question. The lion, the witch, the wardrobe, fuck, marry, kill. Ooh! (laughs) Finally! Finally, I've always thought that this show needed a little bit of the oomph. Uh, And I think, Jonathan, you're really bringing the fire. Thanks, man. You're like my flavor flake. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes, Mon. I have no idea who that is. I assume it's a good person, though. Good, pure person. Uh, I would, I would, 
Fuck a lion. Oh, this is my answer, CS. <laughs> this is my answer. I wrote it. <laughs> That's fair enough. Maybe you should go first then. No, you go. I, okay. <laughs> I, I will go first. Then. The lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. I would F the witch, murder the wardrobe, Ooh. marry the lion. Oh, wait, no. Yes, no, I stick with my original answer, Mom. What do you think your like married life with Aslan would be? Ooh, I I think it'd be pretty sweet. Uh, I like lions. I like lion bars, uh, and I think two of them would be pretty much similar. Really, uh, a little bit of a, a, a crunchiness uh, with the caramel inside. I don't believe that you believe that. Well, I don't like the way that you're questioning my beliefs, Mon. Uh, how do I convince you that I believe that life with a lion would not be unlike a life with a lion bar? I think if you believed those things, the rest of your life would be an unmanageable mess. Your just understanding of the world is too thrown off. <laughs> That's unfair. That's very unfair. Because yes. as everybody knows... Most unfair. I'm a very. <laughs> I'm a very, very, very. Uh, I've got my head screwed on. I know what I'm about, Mom. Uh, I know where I come from. I know what I believe in. Uh, and I think I know a thing or two about the world that we live in, Mom. Um, and I don't like. I don't like the way that you're insinuating that just because I think a lion and a lion bar are very similar, that I'm somehow a, a mess as a human being, Mom. I don't know what to say. I'm very offended right now, Mom. Well, I'll ask you is this. How would you murder the wardrobe? Because you're going to get police sniffing around the next day. Mm, yeah. mm. I'd murder that wardrobe. <laughs> Fucking hell. Well, the we listener of C.S. Lewis just said, we said, I'd murder that wardrobe. He then put his arms perpendicular to his body and moved them back and forth the in a thrusting motion. Yes, a pump. To pump. Yes. yes. I, I was... Uh, Quite shocked by that, uh, by that uh, uh, gesture, especially since his voice seemed to drop a few classes as well. Uh, I do apologize. I recently bought a flashlight and I <laughs> shoved it into the doors of the wardrobe and I proceeded to fuck it. Can I ask you a personal <laughs> question? Mm? How old are you? I was born in 1898 and I wrote <laughs> The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe in 1950. Today, it's 2019. 420 day. Well, the most answer to the question, how old are you? <laughs> I've, never, I've never heard. He's um, come prepared, is what I like. <laughs> it sounds like he's 121. I really thought the James Bond super spy... I mean, I couldn't do it in my head that fast. <laughs> but I really thought the James Bond super spy almost greater than human... Would have faster mental maths. I use a gadget for that, you see. It's like your iPhone. Well, we know. I telephone. Well, we know. We know that he could count up to at least 17. That's all we know, really. Uh, Mom. Um, 7 fucking team. (laughs) CS. What's going on with this fellow over here? He's kind of weirding me out. I don't want this show to descend into into a. We're going to be fighting like a. Rats in a bag. If we keep going down this way, we to pull together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. learn a little bit about the line, the witch, and the wardrobe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and CS's fantastic book. If I do say, you may say, say it again. Fantastic book. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. shocking. 
Shocking. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is about four British children who go to a world they know nothing about and can't understand, overthrow the local ruler, install Christianity, live like kings, and then fuck our home. <laughs> to what extent does this book um, reflect the attitudes of British colonialism? Ooh, this is a juicy, juicy question. Mm-hmm. So, ever so juicy. Now, British colonialism. If I do say so myself. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Juicy. British colonialism. That that was the bad one, wasn't it? No, no, Belgium. Oh, Belgian colonialism ones. was Belgium the bad was one. The they were the bad ones. We were the good ones in comparison. Okay, so... Heart of Darkness is all about the Belgians. We were good. Okay, okay. So, Wait, British so your apology for British imperialism is... <laughs> you should read the book, Cut the Heart of Darkness. Yes. Yes. Mm. I read that and thought, yes, this is actually why the Brits are the good guys. You read You read it and then you thought, yes, we're the good guys. Yes, yes. I mean... <laughs> Common it, sentiment at the time. I uh, I, I can see, I can understand that. I've, I I read the book once and thought, uh, oh well, we're the good guys. Uh, it's a pretty good book actually. I'll, I'll lend it to you one of these days. Mm. Will you state clearly what that book is called? Mm. I, you're struggling, aren't you? I'm giving some uh, a coy response. I will just say <laughs> that you can't be coy by announcing that you're coy. So evasive right now. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I would just say it rhymes with the words. Nine Kramp. <laughs> it, rhymes with, it rhymes with two words. The word nine and the word cramp. <laughs> Sounds awfully suspicious. Right, reminds, me so. a, reminds me of a book I once read. My struggle to keep the Indian Raj. Okay, this is an interesting point. If you could insert a magical lion into any pre-existing work of literature, which lo- work of literature would that be and why? Moby Dick, of course. <laughs> What, on deck or in the water? Both. If they're swimming around behind them all. Call me Ishmael. Ah, a lion! <laughs> it would be Life of Pi meets Life of Moby. Because <laughs> no, Captain Ahab man. would try and kill the lion. Because to the extent that Aslan is a Christ figure and the whale kind of represents God. So Ahab would immediately try to kill that well, lion. There we go, it happens the Holy Trinity. Is that what um, Ahab was trying to kill? Place. Everything. He just, just saw nature and just wanted to kill it. A bit like yours truly tries to pork everything he sees. <laughs> Are we back on that again, Mark? If you know what I mean. I, I, I still I, feel that you there are still a few nationalities you haven't listed yet, Mom. I fucked a Jamaican. Mm. I fucked a, a Trinidadian and Tobagan. Do you ever... I fucked an American. Did you ever fuck a Rastafarian? Perhaps I don't. I don't really well, distinguish. I don't really. <laughs> you don't see race. See a sea race. Well, you do nationality. I have a board on my on my bedroom wall. What does this happen? Where you my scratch book? off all of the all of the countries for well, everyone I, you slept with. I I would like to submit to you, gentlemen, that yes. uh, this fellow yes. here has never slept with a Rastafarian because once you go Rasta, you never go Bacasta. How would one go about going Bacastic? What would that mean? It's basically going back to uh, everybody else. I'm trying to make it rhyme. Work would be here. Work would be here. But don't you think that's not right? <laughs> go on, James. Have you got a, you got a grievance? Yes. <laughs> Keep things fair. Wonder if anyone can tell which one I'm doing right. <laughs> what a mad thing to say. 
I do wonder if you've ever imported any sexually transmitted diseases from other countries. Why? Quite right. <laughs> well, he must be like the black plague of STDs, you know? How they brought the, uh, them in from China. and you know. calling you a rat. In China, they used to call me the Black Mamba. Did they bring the STDs? Why? Wait, they brought the STDs in from China? Mm. What, they imported them? No, no, I meant, you know, the, the plague rats and all that. You know. Oh, oh so I, I see, Mon, he's, he's, you know, he's getting his dick wet all around the globe. He's got to be, you know, globalization for... He must be filthy! Filthy! He must be a <laughs> filthy, filthy boy, Mon. That's why I get called the Black Mamba. <laughs> in... Because my snake is completely black. I'm going to try and steer, especially Gideon, away from the concept of we must exterminate this plague of rats. Um, this black plague of rats. And ask ourselves... Um, I'd fuck the wardrobe. How? I'd just, like, see us said. would buy a flashlight and put it in the doors. So would you... So then you'd, you'd go marry and kill to use up. Well, I'd marry the witch, because she's probably a bit safer than... Fucking than the lion, and if you fuck the lion, you could get away from him quickly enough that he wouldn't bite your head off. You see, mate. <laughs> okay, so in your imagination, the lion is not consented. It's like a piece of trickery. Well, you didn't say Aslan. You just said the lion. It's based, the <laughs> you lion. said the lion. Yeah, but which lion? The lion of the zoo? The lion of the book? The maybe, animal? maybe the lion, maybe Snoop Lion. The snoop of the lion? Uh, I don't understand how I'm meant to get, gain a grip on any of these things. So look, a bird. 420. Once they go into the wardrobe. I like anesthesiology. I'm an anesthesiologist. What is that? I look at birds. Here for the birds. <laughs> That's another thing I said one time on a mission. Mm. I think I saw that mission. Was it another cut to the bird doing a double take? Yep. Oh. Love that mission. I believe it was a pigeon. Yes, that's right. That's right, Ron. Oh. True story. Oh. It's in my mission notes. Seems like a jolly time. Suspicious pigeon. <laughs> the pigeon couldn't believe what was going on, so he had to look twice to make sure that the pigeon wasn't seeing things. Pigeons are very, very astute. What do you first catch? A pigeon or an STD? <laughs> oh, well. Both. Both are possible. It's like that, um, the STD. Exactly, it's catch like the, uh, the, <laughs> the Dick Dastardly uh, show where he was trying to catch that pesky STD. Yes, with his dog, and he finally caught it that he couldn't fly his aeroplane correctly. Oh, Matley! <laughs> <laughs> I do believe that's true. Back to the, the Edmund. I'd that's <laughs> right. He said, "Oh, Matley," and then dissolved into giggles <laughs> upon realizing he had an STD. <laughs> Guys, let's not attack each other. Support the podcast. Edmunds, you're being, you're being like cruel, selfish Edmund, who goes into the cupboard and meets a clearly a villainous witch who says, why not come here? And he goes, no. And he, she says, why not? I'll give you some Turkish delight. That's right. And he goes straight for it. It's delicious Turkish delight. What? He sold them out, Mum. Every man has his price. What confection would you abandon your family for? Cola cubes. Cola cubes. Cola cubes. They're the best. The purest. Uh, I technically, you know what? It, this is a tough one because I'm actually bound by Rastafarian law to eat cola cubes every day. It's part of our daily ritual uh, to remain pure. Mm. The cola cubes flush out all the impurities in our system. Um, I'm so, quite into like faking lit has 
has not only an open door policy, but has really extended its hand to the community of people who can only eat one food. <laughs> I didn't say that's the only food we eat. I said that's one of our many foods, but it is a food that we have to eat. And so that's why you would abandon all your family to uh, do the whims of a wicked queen. Oh, I, to be honest with you, it'd be asking me to, uh, what? what's the other choice? Not to eat cola cubes? Yeah. Or just go get, get, get some yourself. Get a job. <laughs> I have a job. No, I mean, if you were Edmund. Oh, if I were, if I was Edmund, yes, yes, I'd get a job. Uh, I'd, 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 okay, I'd, it's World War Two Britain, so there's full, there's full employment. You could get a job like that. It's true. I could go to one of the munitions factories and uh, uh, get make mu- I'd make weapons for uh, for the British, unless, of course, the Nazis offered me some Turkish delight. In which case, I'd sell my munitions to the Nazis for Turkish delight. So maybe I don't want well, to be in a position of authority more. I think I'm learning ha- something about the mission. Oh, oh yeah? That M17 has sent me on. <laughs> so, oh, you're here on a mission? Oh, yes, Galactic Affairs. The Galactic Affairs. Space is under white supremacy threat. And I believe that we've found our culprit. What's well, I'm going to toy with him for longer so that... You're not going to fuck a Martian, are you? I want to <laughs> I want to fuck his wife. Martian's wife? I'm going to fuck... I'm going to fuck a white supremacist's wife. Be the first man to plant your flag on the red planet, you dead. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't quite hear that because you muttered it under your breath. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever planted your flag on Uranus? <laughs> <laughs> on my own anus. Yes. Yes. Have you ever done a loop to grass? <laughs> Some, sometimes on a mission, there's no one around, so I need to improvise. I'm so glad we got these two people to meet each other on the show. It's really, it's, uh, They're really vibing like mad. It does. It's got the feel today of, like, uh, a once fancy but now just decadent and corrupt uh, cigar club. <laughs> Past its former glory, the once plush uh, fittings of the chairs have now, through time and smoke and hate, been worn down into a sort of a shabby decadence. That's such a beautiful word painting, Jonathan. I must sketch it at once. Oh, gosh, look at him go. Sigmund Freud once said, sometimes a cigar is just a cupboard fleshlight. Done! Shocking. I've actually incorporated that into the drawing of his decadent room. A cigar cupboard fleshlight there, (laughs) sticking out of Sigmund Freud's mouth. Oh, that's delightful. Um, There are many illustrations in this book. Aslan sacrifices himself to save Edmund, the sinner and traitor, and he comes back to life he breaks through things and he turns people who have been turned into stone into non-stone. Is, is Aslan Christ? And if so, is that good? And if I do say so myself, they were between a rock and a hard place. It's not as good as the shocking one, but <laughs> I suppose that's hardly shocking. Mm. Do you know, I actually wrote Aslan as Christ because Christ was a massive pussy. <laughs> I would have killed all the Romans. If I was the son of God, I would have used lightning. Anything else? He's just a hippie, isn't he? You you are a Christian. <laughs> I'm trying to pick up what your religious denomination is, but you are a Christian. Obviously. Yeah, he's changed and it's vague and it's frustrating. I, I think I could have written the Bible better. No. Would have done a better job. How would you, how would C.S. Lewis's The Bible begin? It would start with... And on the seventh day... God. Start with on the seventh day. It will start with the word and. <laughs> yes. An Oxford comma to start with. It would say, on the seventh day, God forbid nylon dresses 
all the naughty girls of the 20th century wouldn't be able to wear them. I feel that Lipstick. I feel like I need to know what happened the preceding six days for us to get to this point. Uh, like a David Foster Wallace book. It really is. It got really loud is. nylon dresses on naughty little girls, and it just turned into cultural Marxism. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, it seems the waters have been blurred. No, no, it's become less clear who the galactic threat might be. Tell me more about this cultural Marxist threat that we seem to be under, CS. Let's take a Marxist reading of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Hmm. So yeah. do you think, okay, so at the end, the children are made like kings and queens of the land. Mm-hmm. Why do they deserve that? Why are they good kings? Uh, what is the the political system in Narnia, it seems like no one... It's not really clear what the, what the state does. It just kind of has a castle and is evil and makes it always winter but never Christmas. They had the they had the uh, the, 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 the idea of uh, Aslan being Jesus Christ. So, in many ways, what happened there was that the Jesus lion said, you're the king now, and not only just one, but like you're all brothers and sisters, and you're all the rulers of this land because I said so. Uh, goodbye. And then, don't they go? They just go back home. They do. They're king for many years, and then when they return home, it's as if only a few moments have passed, and they're young again. That must be. They're like Bill Murray psychedelic adventurers. So when they come back into the, yeah, this world, age. they're like old people trapped in the mind of a young body. body. Yeah. With a young man's, do you reckon urges? they were really, really racist at that point? That there's young people well, actually, walking around reading the Daily Mail and uh, in the uh, adaptation, goblins. In the adaptation, uh, Lucy is played by Big Sue's from Peep Show. And to address so. your question from earlier about Marxism, actually, yes, um, I actually wrote the uh, Islam as the Tsar. And the White Witch is Vladimir Lenin leading the oppressed monsters of the world, so you are correct. And in the sequel, The Prince Caspian, uh, a lot of the former monsters want to uh, bring back the White Witch because uh, she's seen as a liberator, which is actually true. It's from the books. It's in the books. It's interesting, because if you write out the name Vladimir Lenin, it's an anagram for lion. You actually are... As long as you threw or eat most of the letters... (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you arrange them into the bin. Yes, and you pronounce it Lenion. <laughs> okay. Now, if that were true, why would I care? <laughs> I'm just saying it's an interesting one. It's interesting. I don't, I don't know why I have to justify everything that comes out of my mouth. Mm. Sure. Uh, okay, talking about... Um, so we have to... So the rules are we have to say things that you care about. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's an unreasonable... <laughs> Seems oh, let's have a to me. Let's have a conversation that's just other people talking at cross purposes, and there's no attempt to please each other. I, I believe I've listened to this show before. I know, but it's like... shocking. Indeed, indeed. You you want you want to learn about Marxism, but uh, you don't want to uh, accept the actual voice of the people. Sometimes it means accepting things you don't care about. Hmm. 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 What do you think of the book? Did it? Oh, I, I told you from the start, I didn't like it. I yeah, didn't again, like you it said, and you told us you would tell us why. And now it's time to pay the piper. Why did you not like it? Right. Okay. Let's get. Let's. There's an elephant in the room, and I think we need to address it at once. The White Queen. 
She's badass. She's pure, isn't she? And then the evil white witch. Yes, the evil white witch. She makes it always winter, but never Christmas. Exactly, exactly. Do you like Christmas? I'm a bit iffy on Christmas, quite frankly. I celebrate Rasta Day. Rasta Day? When's that? Rasta Day. Rasta Day is the 23rd of January. Mm. And it's when all the Rastafarians gather together under a big tree and give each other gifts and celebrate the, de- the, the birth of our Lord Saviour, Jesus Christ. Okay, so it's like it's like French Christmas. And we say, Merry Rasta Day to each other. Merry who? And Rasta Claus comes down the chimney, gives us all gifts. Uh, yeah, Rasta Day. What's so hard to understand about Rasta Day? I mean, it sounds like d- delightful. I didn't know, this. I'd love to see a tree big enough that you could fit all the Rastafarians <laughs> underneath it. But that sounds, that sounds like a sight. What's uh, Christmas like in the James Bond household? Well, that's a short subject. Uh, my parents were killed in a skiing accident. And I was oh, captured. so sad, Mom. And put in a boarding school. Captured? You were on the run. I was captured and put in a boarding school. I was trying to run away from it. I mean, this is the, the early 1900s. My goodness. There must be a lot in this book that uh, really resonates with you. A bunch yes. of orphans. Yes. In a, in a They're not orphans. They've been evacuated. <laughs> well, they've been <laughs> orphanized. Yes. I've turned into Dutch Galloway. So it's Marx. Sorry, CS, you were saying. No, I was saying that, you know, you said your parents were killed in a ski accident. Is that is that what you said? Yes. Yes. Well, there's actually quite a lot of snow in my book. I never knew my parents. Well, of course, my adoptive parents. Is that why you felt you needed to go into MI17? Well, I worked my way up. Mm-hmm. The rankings. Yes. At what point did you decide that I'm going to be a super spy and sleep with lots of women from all around the world? I was 10 years old. I was 10 years old. I breached puberty very early. Wow. Yes. Shocking. Then the first thing you thought after you went to puberty was, I want to be a spy and sleep with lots of women of different nationalities. Yes. Wow. And I was in boarding school. And there were only boys around me. And I vowed never to not sleep with as many women as I could at one time. Sounds like you need to escape from the closet. (laughs) I can't can't hear anything this guy says. <laughs> it makes no sense. Like every now and again there'll just be a silence and then we'll all giggle but it's a shame that no one can hear it because it's quite good. I'm sure that uh, whatever production jiggery-pokery goes into this show will uh, uh, manifest itself once it's released to the public, James. Uh, we can get it down uh, to Q Branch. That's, that's a very sad story, Mon. Yes. Um, uh, have you... Do you think you've replaced your parents then with the British government, I suppose? Yes, Dame Judi Dench is my new mother. The actress. The actress. She's going blind in real life. <laughs> my goodness. Seems, uh, <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Where did that <laughs> come from? Does that sound like a white nationalist? <laughs> that was a another bummer. Of a, a galactic white nationalist. Actually, Judi Dench lives quite near me in Surrey, and she's always driving her golf buggy through my garden. <laughs> Sorry, this is actually true. Um, we have all these foxes, and oh my God. sometimes they're cats. Yes, Lewis. Where's your voice gone? 
And Judy Dench is just driving after the foxes because she's gone blind and she doesn't know what she's doing. Wait, so how would... I don't understand. Mum! <laughs> Mum! Mum! Next time that happens, you must phone me. <laughs> I need to take a picture. I always forget. I could put it on YouTube. People would be like, why is Judy Dench in your garden chasing the foxes? <laughs> I don't know why losing her sight has given her... Uh, uh, enthusiasm for fox murder. No, she doesn't know what she's doing because she's gone blind, so she's just like, you know, on the garden in a golf buggy. <laughs> okay, this is what doesn't follow, CS. Does she she's, she's gone blind, you think she's, therefore. Is she in a, does she think she's in a real car on the road? I don't know. She seems to be having a whale of a time, but the foxes are having none of it. What's the problem then? Well, the foxes, you know, I, they look sad. I always leave out dog food and cheese for them, and you know. To be fair, if the dog, if the foxes are being <laughs> run over by <laughs> cheese uh, and dog, <laughs> if the foxes are being run over by a blind, uh, beloved household name actress in a golf buggy, then really, that's evolution at work, if you ask me. Oh, don't get me started on Darwin. Oh yeah, I will. What do you think of Darwin? Think of Darwin. <laughs> well, if. Creatures evolved. We're talking about the monkey from um, the wild cranberries. Uh, if creatures evolved, how come giant cats can talk? Um, you mean you in the there. world of Narnia? No. You've got you there, Gideon. Checkmate, <laughs> <Shakespeare>. atheists. <laughs> mm. Yes. You thought you were seized with an idea and then rejected Oh, I was just going to go off on a tangent about talking to all the cats at Camden Zoo. I think that's a tangent I'd like to explore. That's, um... It would be like the end of Withnail and I, but instead of wolves, it'll be cats. And they'll go, good one. Good one. Good one in terms of what you tell telling jokes? No, in terms of the you know the, the end of Withnail and I, where he does the Shakespearean soliloquy. and then To the, folk, to the wolves. And he was neither, you know, what was, what, what was he says at the end? He goes, nor mad, nor one neither. Mm. And the, fo- the wolves went, good one! <laughs> no, if they were, you know, talking lions, they probably would Oh, okay, I see. <laughs> Do you think... It'd be a very odd way to end with Neil and I, who suddenly, like, realises that uh, cats can talk in this world. And mm. you wonder, why did they keep that hidden from us from the entire movie? It wasn't relevant to the story. <laughs> There's uh, no- and also, cats are they're second-class citizens. You know the way that Uncle Monty treats his cat? He beats it like it's a servant. I think if something can talk, Dreadful. he gets rights. Dreadful. I think I think every movie should like uh, end like that, where they just drop in something that like, wouldn't have come up in any other circumstance, but it reveals something about the film that causes you to change it. Like end the wind and I yes, this is taking part place in a world where wolves can talk. It's like uh, it's emotionally it's very similar to the end of Planet of the Apes. Yes, um, they were talking cats all along. Yes, exactly, exactly. Oh, 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 if you were watching Die Hard, right, and all the events in Die Hard uh, play out as normal. And then, uh, as a uh, 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 Bruce Willis and his wife are getting driven away, uh, a big cartoon car drives up and says, "He's speaking." Hey, get in here, buddy! And it's like, yes, that's right. Cartoons exist and are real in this world. But they already it's have just, that. And you realize that's when you realize the Die Hard movie and Who Framed Roger Rabbit exist in the same universe. Ooh. Shocking! But why would that be good? I'm not saying it have to be good. I'm saying it's in- <laughs> it's it's interesting. I'm just saying it'd be like a, ooh! And then you'd say, like, that's why it's a Christmas movie. Mm. CS, what do you think of the adaptions of your work? Good, good, bad. Good, bad. Good. Wait, can I get that down again? Wait, professional writer CS Lewis's answer is... Good, 
Good. Bad. Good. Are you drinking good, them in order, or are you just saying... Good. Bad. I like the one with Tilda Swinton. Why doesn't she do more work? She's great. I think her and Kate Blanchett are the two best. Great. Um, at one point... Should we do an impression of Liam Neeson doing his racist rant as Aslan? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this is an area we want to Yes. Shot. I think we should do it collectively, all at the same time. I, I killed the white when I killed the white witch with a fucking cosh. So, so there's a little bit Daniel Day Lewis there as well. Um, I, you'll, you'll like this. Every day I was thinking I mixed up uh, Bill the Butcher, the fictional character, with Bill de Berg Group, the shadowy cabal who runs the world. <laughs> Guess you came all by foyer. No, I can't do the voices. Well, which voice are you thinking you'll try to do? Uh, Bill the Butcher from uh, Gangs of New York. Come on. Is this the priest's new army? It's a bunch of wack tags and a few crusty witches. A no, command performance! That's just Elmer Fudd. <laughs> Speaking of impressions, what impression did you get from the scene where Father Christmas returns and basically tools up the kids and gives them loads of weapons? I was like, all right, go have it, lads. What did you think of that as a, as a story point? I'll be honest with you, jo- Jonathan. I thought that was really fucking weird. <laughs> but I mean, even for a book called The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, which has talking animals and all sort of thing, that really took me out the, the strange universe when Father Christmas starts mm. giving them swords. It's like um, it's like the talking cat with nail reveal. <laughs> you, oh, this was, this was set in a world where Santa Claus exists. <laughs> and he gives out weapons. Who, in the world of Narnia, gives you, uh, he says, these are tools, not toys. It's like, yeah, it's a fucking knife. <laughs> now go, go kill a dog, a wolf, and a, like a, like a droid. Yeah, when did Father Christmas turn into Q? <laughs> well, you should know, oh, CS. Know. It is your book, CS. Father I Christmas should. and Q were played by the same actor, Desmond Llewellyn. He would actually make a fantastic Father Christmas. Shame he's dead now. But now we've got that little boy who does it instead. And nothing's ever his lunch. It's like, when I get to Q Branch, I expect some of the things lying around to be his lunch. So I pick up all the things and go, this, this is your lunch. But it's never his lunch. And then, but then that one time, do you remember the time that I touched his lunch? That was good. What's that James Bond film? Famously charming James Bond. Uh, sorry, so yes. The James Bond film in which uh, James goes to get a sandwich for Q, um, but then all the sandwiches have been eaten by all the uh, environmental protesters, and then James Bond goes, fucking children, and then he storms off, and then uh, Q has to go hungry. Um, what, which mission was that one? I'm not sure, I don't remember. Oh, sorry, that was just me last week at work. Wait, what's your day job? <laughs> you were working last week at the age of 120? Yes. What do you do? He, he eats sandwiches <laughs> that have been left out. That's why the problem is he works at MI17. What's your brother there? The fucking children. This, I only have one job. I'm trying to solve the country's post-Brexit sandwich crisis one sandwich at a time. By eating them? Yes. To test whether... They're delicious or not, but they keep getting consumed by all those protesters. How does this solve the uh, post-Brexit sandwich problem is by eating it? That's the million-dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, I feel we've made good progress today, Jonathan. I think uh, we're going to... Should we, um... Should we, should we move on? Should we, should we start the next section? Uh, which section is that? It's a section where we kind of think about the bird and we note down any kind of ways to improve it or note any problems. And uh, then we sort of like say that as if we were giving like literal, as if we were handing the author a note. It's a little section I like to call... Notes, Make it better! Oh, I like your version better. We should record a new episode, a new song. Maybe we should, after the, this is played out. Uh, I don't know what Chin would have to say about it, but... Uh, we should record, we've got some, we've got some talented people here. We can definitely record a new Hall of Fame song. But... Is it worth but, but, but Chin, I feel, <laughs> is not here, and that would be wrong. And also, I Gideon said at the very beginning of the book that he hated it, and refused to really fully explain why, I just said, I'm being coy. <laughs> I think I've let quite a lot slip out. I'm, I'm being very cautious this time. I, I, uh, I understand that a few people were made uncomfortable by the truth I was dropping in their laps, like a, uh, like a, like, like a, a cat that's giving them dead birds. You see dead birds, but really, from the point of view of the cat, it's a tribute. It's a tribute. It's done with love. What if, instead of cats can talk, birds uh, can talk but only when they've been killed by a cat, and it's just like, when it's dropped at your feet, it's got like goes. three minutes of consciousness. Yes. And what if As that, it's dying. And what if that... Love that. If that. And if that scene happened at the end of Schindler's List... <laughs> the end of Schindler's list is, is Oscar Schindler goes out and buys a kosh <laughs> and then he sees a, a, a cat jumping on a bird and the bird goes ah! <laughs> I'm dying shot. I'm dying the shot. The and shot. then you cat. And then... this cat killed my uh, bird friend so I went up with a kosh just to kill a fucking pussy See, Ooh, that seems quite intense and then, and, then it, and then it turns out that he's the cat murderer in Croydon <laughs> Do you guys know about that? I know about the Croydon cat killer. Yeah, it was Liam Neeson. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, very, <laughs> James Bond. <laughs> oh, what did you think of this book? And how would you improve it? I thought this book was shocking. <laughs> I, honestly, I don't uh, normally give advice. For literary works, I normally go around and I sleep with wealthy, powerful people's beautiful wives. But C.S. Lewis's wife was particularly beautiful, so I went out of my way to fuck her silly. You fucked the witch? I fucked the witch. God. First talking, now you. Now old wardrobe is ever every cock and. Wait, is she the wardrobe or the witch? I don't understand. The wardrobe. Yeah. Okay, okay. She's the wardrobe. Yeah. With all my little pet right. names. Interesting. <laughs> your pet names for your wife were... The witch, the wardrobe. <laughs> and the lion. Yes. Because like, oh, it's like the uh, the Holy Trinity, I isn't just, it? They're I all just, the same person, I, really. I actually turned all my passive-aggressive scribbles into a little book, actually. But you, you said earlier that the wardrobe was a metaphor for the vagina. So when you called your wife the wardrobe, you were just calling her a cunt. What do you call the skin? The useless skin outside the wardrobe. The vagina walls. That doesn't make a lot of sense. What did you think of this book? Yes, <laughs> I what, like the. What did you? 
What did you but think my of fav- your own book? My favourite scene is where Aslam just eats the witch, like fucking eats her, and it and it's just you know, and the kids are just like, did Aslam just eat someone? <laughs> and it's just an awkward silence as they try to come to grips with that. And that's my favourite scene. <laughs> is what Aslam would say <laughs> after having eaten a person. Isn't he supposed to be a standard for Jesus Christ? Yeah. Yes. Aslam, do you reckon Jesus Christ someone? ever did something oh, Michael after? I'm no, when nobody was looking. Um, he cursed that fig tree. And did he go, after he cursed the fig tree? I don't know, I kind of feel like he's just, he could be a jovial fellow. Perhaps. Unless you were fig tree, in which case, watch out. He just, uh, he just, he just straight up curses it. Because it didn't give him any figs. And then, then they come back later and it's all shriveled and, and horrible. Jesus saves and resurrects, but it's important that, you know, he could have you at any moment. He's just take it out in this fig tree instead. He's a very strong guy. I, um, I do believe. He's like, yeah. And yet, and yet. He carried that whole cross. And yet, uh, uh, the manifestation, the visualization of Jesus Christ is a lion in this book. I've got a few orders from Oh, yeah. I, yes, I, I came through my WhatsApp. Excuse me. <laughs> carry on. No, well, carry on. Well, Mon, um, the line. I mean, we're going into notes now. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm going to explain everything. I'm going to see us. Try to, try to contain yourself. I, I know uh, it can be hard to accept a little bit of criticism, but just know that what I say comes from a uh, very, very uh, honest place. A pure place. A pure place. Thank you. Shocking. My it's very good. Gets. But this is what I've got to say to you. I, I, I think a lot of the messaging in this book is not the sort of stuff that needs to be shared with children. Um, do you really want a bunch of, well, let's just say it, immigrants, uh, uh, immigrant asylum seekers coming into your world and killing well, the white children. witch? They're I mean, children. come on, come on. Is that the sort of message you want to give to the kids? And then, and then, then the, uh, the, the lion. Where's the lion come from? Africa. Hi. Dreaming of a white Christmas. Exactly. Like I mean, I don't believe in Christmas. I believe in Ross today. We've got a we've got a song about that too. Mm. But um, this is my wait. Well, so your note is what the book should have just been about them staying in the in the house. No, 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 no. I I think you could still have the whole Narnia thing going on. Mm. Uh, but it's I, really it's, the USP. Um, okay, it, it'd still be in the wardrobe. It'd still be Narnia, but uh. Everything's like great there, and the white witch, she, she's the one that's giving everyone Turkish delight. So the kids immediately take her side, kill that that lion, and then uh, put the white witch in charge of Narnia, where everything will be uh, snowy all the time and brilliant. Uh, and then they just go, they go back to where they came from. The kids. Snow is a symbol of death, as is petrification, which she also does. Um Aslan on three things he brings them back to life. He's a he's a god of like renewal. Um, I don't think this book about two some child henchman of the White Witch uh, <laughs> murdering a lion is really going to be the like the tale for kids you think it is. Okay, no. so how about this then? Instead of the lion, we make it the lions. What does what what do the lions have to do signify about a transformation and rebirth? You're a Rastafarian and you don't care about lions. Mm, I'm saying that as a as a symbol. As a symbol for this book, I don't think it's uh, for renewal and rebirth. Not applicable. I'd say make it a caterpillar because caterpillars symbolize rebirth and transformation. So it's just about a bunch of kids who step on the caterpillar for the white witch. Mm. 
It's um, but Lucy at one point rides in the back of Aslan, and um, riding in the back of. I suppose she can ride on the back of the caterpillar to be exciting because she can go like on walls, and then the yes. caterpillar can go. Hurry up, love! I'm on my last legs. <laughs> okay, so you're, 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 you're taking that note on board, CS. You'd uh, I quite like it. Yes, you, you, you do that in the next edition. Do you know, I think Game of Thrones is much better than my book. <laughs> and that also has an ice zombie that personifies death. I hope Dishy Kit Harrington and Amelia Clark have sex again in the next season. <laughs> that was great. Okay. Do you have any notes for yourself on the book, CS? <laughs> is there anything you would have liked to have changed in the book? Mm, I would have killed Edmund for his betrayal. It's not right that he gets forgiven. Christ doesn't forgive. Christ punishes. Ooh. James Bond, International <laughs> Super Spy. What do you think of children's classic, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? I think there are too many children. Too many children. I, I've many times. Don't know where all these children are coming from, but not from natural means, I don't believe. James, how many children do you have around the world? None. Are you sure? <laughs> Literally none. You've slept with a lot of women. They cut my balls off. <laughs> when I was ten years old. Is After I finished puberty. After you made your vow uh, and said, I'm going to be yes. the super spy that sleeps with all these women. But I'll uh, never but first, get them pregnant. But first, chop. Sling! How did you do it, Bond? James Bond in Thunder No Balls. <laughs> Dr. Thunder No Balls. Well, I, I remember quite. Dr. No Balls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, Dr. No. <laughs> what an interesting man. Had a lovely, lovely sense of dress. Too, too bad I had to kill him. Oh, the, the day I cut my balls off, I remember. I got a, I got a taser, and I simply... With a, t- <laughs> with a taser on. One for each ball. <laughs> and then after I said... Shocking. <laughs> and that's, 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 that's your origin. You, you, that's not a pun. You, you quit <laughs> yourself, and not a very good one either. It's because James Bond, if I may say so... Oh, I believe. You're a very witty man, but you're often set up by society in a way that feels contrived. Like, if you they were... Don't put all just, of them in. There's yeah. a spy called, like, Mrs. Dick in her ass. <laughs> Do you like Dick in your ass? <laughs> He says that with an American accent. <laughs> you like a dick I in your James ass. James Bond! You like a dick in your ass? It's about time we did American James Bond, just Because they don't have enough. <laughs> no, um, no, I like this idea of, uh, of Hick James Bond. He's going around the world. Howdy! I'm James Bond! All his gadgets are five years behind. <laughs> He's played by Larry the Cable Guy, and. Uh, Yes, I, I think we have a franchise in our hands, gentlemen, Bond. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll look into that. Did you have any notes? Yes. I don't believe that the book should have had children. I think they should have been adults, or at least uh, of consensual age. So that maybe that could have been a more sexual component of what? more philandering. Did you not read about all the nylon dresses and lipstick? They didn't get into heaven because they wore nylon skirts. Yes, that might have done it for you, but for me, I need something a bit more 
succulents well, to get my teeth into. Let me whisper you a scene I actually had to cut out because my publisher said it was too raunchy. Lion. Fleshlight. Nylon skirts. Now that's what the mood I've been talking about. <laughs> okay, so you <laughs> wanted more erotica. More sexualization of the protagonists, but you can't do that when they're children. That was my main problem. Okay. So you, you wanted to read something which uh, um, would, was tintillating to the senses. I wanted my tints to be latent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, so how could we, how could we rectify this and incorporate all our ideas? Okay, but so our ideas were more erotic and to the four children to serve the white queen to, to squash the caterpillar Aslan. So we want an element of erotica into that. Okay, well, well Edmund's a fully grown man. He's strapping. He, it's like he's twinkish. He walks through the through the wardrobe. White witch is there. Offers him some Turkish delight, which he eats like straight from her hands. Gets in the sleigh that's piloted by a little dwarf that does her bidding. Could be a snow scene as well. Snow scene. She can have it a fur coat, a, but nothing underneath. A fur coat, but nothing underneath would be fantastic. Yes. Uh... It goes from there. Meanwhile, there's a Tumnus scene, of course, which is a, so a man fucking a, a goat man. So dishy. Too much. Too too weird. No. Oh, that's so too weird. That's, I wasn't talking like that. I was talking more <laughs> along the lines of a beautiful 25-year-old lady sleeping with a 60-year-old man. Something I, like I, that. I'm Horror actually moments. quite into the whole goat fucking scene. Um, it's... Uh, it's Yes, I, it's a bit weird, but uh, I think it's also, like, this is a fantasy lad. This is like Narnia, baby. We're the girl with the flow, you know. Everybody fucks everybody here. Mon, baby. Who would you most want to fuck in all of Narnia? I know we played it with the, <laughs> we had to marry and kill the wardrobe. Yes. In the, in, <laughs> so we, we can't get off the subject of but, who we would have sex with. But uh, in the whole world of Narnia. James McAvoy. Reepy cheapy. <laughs> Reepy cheap. Yeah, I would, Reepy, I would, you call him Reepy yeah, cheap. I call him Reepy cheapy. That's my <laughs> affectionate name for him. It's good. He's quite. Uh, he's quite passionate. He's, he's got a quick temper. Oh yes, I I love that. I love and a tail, it. a prehensile tail. And a, oh, forget about it. And he's also a talking mouse. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't see the world through that lens. <laughs> okay, Gideon. okay, mon. Uh, guess I'm the weird one then. But yes, I would totally have sex with that talking mouse. Okay. Um. So, I think we, the consensus seems to be that we, we hate this book. We think it should be entirely different. It should be an erotic adventurer with a sailing mouse who talks to you. <laughs> and, then, and then later it is revealed that this live, this whole thing has been in a world where Father Christmas is real and he gives you weapons. Which actually happens in the book. That anyway. does happen. Well, that but that, we saved that to the last. Mm. That's their mistake. That's your mistakes here, Lewis. You should have put that scene at the very end of the book, where you've just finished reading it, and it's like, what? Father Christmas is real, and he's just giving out weapons? That's how all stories should end. Just drop in a major revelation, which is never going to be followed up by the rest of the story, because there's no more story to tell. Well, actually, I stole the idea of Tolkien, that old bastard. Do you remember the scene in which Sam and Frodo, uh, they leave Mount Doom after dropping the ring into the big volcano? Well, they were originally going to be served by Father Christmas, but Tolkien said, no, actually, that's a bit silly, so I made them giant eagles. Yeah. In the world where giant eagles exist, Mom, 
I mean, we kind of known they kind of existed before. They exist in the Hobbit. So. Exactly, exactly. And because they're like Father Christmas in that Father Christmas works in the line of which in the wardrobe because he's a figure of familiarity to the reader, and so it becomes a, it's a you know it's it's a moment of safety, I, I, weightlessness I, for the kids. Similarly, because we know the giant eagles from the Hobbit. That's true. That's so true. It's a familiar face returning. It would make more sense if the whole revelation of Father Christmas was real. Uh, giving out weapons to children had been uh, uh, dropped dropped in at the very end of uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller video. Uh, so instead of uh, you know the old Thriller video, he turns to the camera and he's got big cat eyes and it's like, oh, he's scary. And then it freeze frames in the original one. But in my version, he turns to the camera, he's got cat eyes, and then Father Christmas turns up and starts giving out we- weapons to all the uh, children. <laughs> Where do those children come from? Well, it was Michael Jackson, so, you know. Uh, well, there you go. Wouldn't it be a big twist at the end of American History X? You know when you see the brother being shot in the toilet, and it's really sad, and then it just cuts to the scene previous, and it's Father Christmas giving all the students <laughs> weapons? <laughs> I think that would, work, that would work really, uh, really well, I think, Bond. Completely organic, I think. Mm. And uh, Father Christmas just looks just slightly at camera, <laughs> self awarely Like he returns, like how Sean Connery at the end of uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It's so, like, hey, oh, it's this that's guy. another one that would be benefit from a Father Christmas <laughs> handing out weapons. I at don't the really end. feel because it's like because Robin Hood is so close to Father Christmas in terms of like reality level. I feel like it would be it would take on kind of Avengers ensemble. No, uh, it'd, be, it'd be wonderful. Instead of the scene, the original ending, uh, it's uh, King Richard returns back from the Crusades to give away his uh, uh, goddaughter. But instead, what if it was Father Christmas? I am now handing out wives, handing out wives to the children. Um, I mean, that was perfect ending to that movie. Mm. Morgan Freeman there that seems like ah. the most reasonable of all the outcomes oh absolutely absolutely it does have a lack of uh, child marriages considering it's medieval period okay maybe we should just stick with the weapons to that's the probably why they have to go home at the end of their reign because they have either they have two bad things have happened either they have sired an heir or they have not sired an heir mm-hmm. um, it's a little bit uh, hopefully the latter Yes. Uh, well, isn't it, uh, isn't it implied in the later books, which I skimmed, uh, that um, after they disappeared and went away for a while, uh, the uh, kingdom of Narnia fell into disrepair, and there are all these people who are fighting a war. I believe mm. that was in Prince Caspian, my friend. That's uh, there was a war there. It's been, it was on a ship, wasn't it, Prince Caspian? No, that's the uh, Dawn Treader. Yes. Mm. See, I know your I know your works well, Mon. Okay. Did um did we, did we did we like this book? I didn't. <laughs> Even though I read a lot about it and know a lot about it, I didn't like this book. I found it shocking. Be <laughs> good. Oh what? Why? Why? Not that I'm trying to take away uh, or diminish your opinion, but why Mon? Why? Well, let's just say you can't get between a one or two and a how do you do? I don't know if that answers my question, but uh, I guess we should move on. CS, did you did you like this book? I very much liked it as soon as I wrote it, and I I thought to myself, "What a good book! What's happened to my voice?" <laughs> Wardrobe, get in here! 
Who's calling me? It's C.S. Lewis. You don't sound like C.S. Lewis. What's happened to your voice? I don't know. I wrote this book. Now my voice has gone all over the place. Oh, no. I called Dr. Phillips. Is it about your prostate? No, it's my voice. (laughs) Okay, I feel like C.S. is being... um, Called upon. I think he's being coy. I think he's being coy with what he actually thinks about the book, though. This is a common technique I learnt in the coyness school uh, to get my ideas out. Uh, uh, Classic textbook, uh, pretending you're having a conversation with yourself. Okay, cool. Um, Coyness aside, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) I've forgotten what C.S. Lewis' opinion is. He does like it. Mm. (laughs) Very good book. Not a good book. <laughs> yes, what's really? <laughs> Are you okay? Honestly, I forgot to have breakfast, and it's almost two, so I've just got all kinds of silly. I'm finding it very difficult to realise who the threat of galactic white supremacy might have been. Yeah, do you want to? Can you give the audience some, uh, some I closure? I'll just plant a bomb. Self-destruct sequence activated. Oh, that fuck. seems a uh, bit a bit uh, okay. overkill. Fucking Chen's house. Right? I'm out. You're out where? I'm uh, I'm leaving. He sounds like Duncan Valentine in the Dragons. Then <laughs> I'm out. Doesn't Duncan he? Valentine. Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, well, looks like I guess we should all leave each other very soon. <laughs> looks like the mission's over for this time. Okay. Oh, fuck. I- <laughs> Bye. Okay. Right. Before I, we have I guess, our, we oh, all, I guess we should all leave because this place is about to explode. In a few yeah, Chen's gonna be really angry. Uh, before, just uh, let's not rush out the door. Does anyone have anything they want to plug? Ah, uh, I guess I will plug Ross today. Ross today. Ross today. It's already gone past January twenty third, as I said, but. Why don't you come along to my place? We'll all sit in the rasta tree, give each other gifts, and wait for Father Christmas to give out gifts to all the kids. And by gifts, weapons. Yeah, weapons. I really want to see this tree that that fits all the rasta fairies. Oh, it's such a good time! It's such a good. You're you're welcome anytime, John. I'd love to because you're so pure. Well, I say I'm welcome anytime. I'm welcome on the twenty third of January. Exactly, rasta day. Because we're friends, right? Yeah, I'll, okay, yes, I'll, uh, I'll accept that. We're friends now. We are friends. Cool. Uh, C.S. Lewis, anything you want to plug? Um, I'd like to plug the new season of Game of Thrones. I think it's going to be the best one yet. Um, I'm looking forward to Daenerys and Kit Harrington having a smooch. Great. I reckon Bran's going to be the Night King. <laughs> I just have a hunch. Notre Dame got burnt down. What a weird plug. <laughs> what was that a plug for? Notre Dame being burnt down. I said hunch. What are you trying to promote there? I said hunch. And it reminded me of the Notre Dame being burnt down. Uh, it's a fully insight into the creative mind of C.S. Lewis. Um, I like to plug the show Ahab, or War of Moby Dick, with stand-up comedy, in the first weekend of The Brighton Fridge, and also later in the middle. Look it up. Um, I think that's... That's all from us. Keep supporting your local. I don't know how. You- I don't understand how you support your local library. Surely, because that just uses resources. But find a pay your council tax, and support your local bookstores. Um, you know, I think everything is about to explode. I think we're about to die. I, just, I genuinely forgot that. Let's <laughs> let's make moves. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> Wait, my keys.